Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar. It's Monday. It's time for the Joke Workshop here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. You're listening to Corn. Why? Because, like, last week I heard 50 jokes about corn. I don't know why they're back in the Gestalt, but there they are, right behind us. Corn, still existing, with a K. Uh, yeah, this is Joke Workshop. We're going to do four-minute sets. When you hear the horn, means you have a minute left. Then we're going to do four minutes of critique. Please find a microphone. Don't just yell them out because there's a radio listening audience. About 15,000 downloads a month and they want to hear you. I have no idea why, but they do. They seem to keep downloading it, which makes very little sense to me. It can't be the tones of my dulcet voice that they're after. You guys, please be nice to each other. And if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, make the bread taste good. Nice little compliment on the top. Crispy bun. Put the shit in the middle, maybe a little mayonnaise, maybe a little cheese, I don't know. And then put that bun right on the bottom. So be nice. All right. Your first comedian. It's lovely to see him back. Hey, everybody, put your hands together. Michael Brandon. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I'm excited to be here. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I'll tell you guys one thing. I think uh, we're in San Francisco. It's a very social conscience area. Everyone, everyone in San Francisco always claims to be woke, especially on my time, especially like on my news feed, like on social media. Uh, like all my friends are always posting like woke, woke. You know, resist, resist, and not my president. You ever notice that the same people who are always like resist, resist, and woke and woke are always the same people who are asking, how do I get out of jury duty? Say, <laughs> like, hey, I see some correlation here. Say, <laughs> like, maybe if more of you guys went to jury duty, more people wouldn't go to jail for a dime sack. Uh, just maybe the, wrong, maybe the wrong people are going to jury duty. You know, it just makes sense. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, probably a lot of people... Got some free time on you. Yeah, a lot of yeah, you had a lot of free time on you. You got enough to, time to post resist. You might as well have enough time to go save a life. I feel like that was a speech more than anything. Uh, so this uh, this next bit right here uh, is a doozy for you guys. It's, a, it's one of my favorite ones to do here. It's about the cum shot compilations. Uh, I am a fan. 
Not. I am not a fan of the Cum Shot compilations. Don't like it. I'm not a fan. I, first of all, who has the time to go through porno to find all these guys ejaculating? All right. I don't know about you guys, but anytime there's a man in my porno, it, immediately it's wrong. I'm like, I don't like this. This is not what I came here for. All right. Get that. This is a POV. Get that guy out of the shot. All right. So I'm watching this cum shot compilation porn, just thinking to myself, who is getting off on this? You know, and I can only think to myself, premature ejaculators. They're like, finally, a porno for me. No thrusting, just busting. The way God intended. I feel like, I feel like premature ejaculators probably justify that. Like, God didn't intend for us to fuck. He wanted us to spread our seed. So really what I'm doing is just working for the Lord here. <laughs> Spreading the seed. Spreading the seed. Uh, that's what I, I watch a lot of porno uh, on my phone. Usually, I watch a lot of porno on my phone because I'm on the go. Uh, so, and the thing that's fucked up is that my screen is cracked. It is, I mean, it is super cracked. It looks like someone tried to break into my phone. Uh, so, the thing that's fucked up about it is, though, the only positive that comes about it is that uh, every time you watch a porno on my, scra- on my cracked screen, on my shattered screen, it makes every porno look like a Picasso. Uh, very artsy now, very artsy. But now I see a Picasso painting. I'm like, man, this guy is sick. He's twisted. He's demented. It's gross. I don't like it. It's, I, I'm seeing his, por- his, his paintings now in museums, and I'm like, that is clearly a pizza delivery boy. Uh, that is not a guitarist. Ah, that was a good. That was like a bit for like the art uh, and cultured folk of the crowd. I feel like, yeah, uh, one minute left. One minute left. This this next bit right here, this is about Taylor Swift. And uh, it's because I've decided that I will never date Taylor Swift. Uh, I, I feel like Taylor Swift is a type of woman that wants to be best friends with your mom. You know, that type of girlfriend that wants to be best friends with your mom. But she feels like she's the type of woman that wants to be best friends with your mom after you break up. Uh, which is very weird. Something women can only do. I think women can only do this. Men can't be best friends with their ex's dad. Can't do that anymore. Never happens. Can't do it. I'm sorry. It doesn't happen. You can't show up to a bar with your ex-girlfriend's dad and they're like, hey, how do you know Michael? And he's like, well, you know, he used to fuck my daughter. Uh, uh, doesn't anymore, but damn, he's a good hunter. Still hang out. Hey, you guys have been great, man. Thank you guys so much. Good night. Yeah. Michael Brandon. All right. Those microphones are out for you guys. If you have any comments, bring them. Bring those hot comments. Bring them in. I want to. I want to get roasted. I want you guys to destroy me. Hot comments for hot sex. Um, the one thing about the uh, the cum shots, I, f- I feel like you have to mention and deflect that it might be gay men who are looking at them. Or I guess Ooh, I think the gays have mind. taken enough. No. They're tough. They can take yeah. a little more. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I see that. That's a actually great, great tag there. We'll, we'll look into that one. Yeah, because it, it probably is a lot of uh, gay men watching that. But I don't know, because there's a woman usually getting cummed on. So I don't know if, you, if a gay man wants to watch a woman get cummed on, because then he's like, that's for me. I don't want you getting that woman. Speaking of getting cummed on, I'm kind of in that stance right now. Uh, uh, I just want give me to say two that, minutes. <laughs> uh, when you talk about the premature ejaculation stuff, you could definitely <laughs> drop a too soon in there. Like right away. Ah, 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 oh, look at that! Skeet, 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 as we say in Joe, urban areas. You made Joe Gorman do a spit take. <laughs> yeah. 
That, that is good time. stuff. That is good. Stuff. I, I am gonna. That, that I like. I like saying that. You know, it's a, if it's a gay man watching it, then uh, then it's probably jealous. He's going like, "Why is this woman taking my cum?" Yeah, that's a good one. You could also do a hashtag Me Too in there then. Oh. You could do Ooh. both of them. Can you tell but that? That also is good too about the what you're saying about the too, too soon. soon. Too soon. Me too. Uh, I, I have a question. I don't know. I didn't understand the joke that you said was for smart people. What can you say that joke again? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get it. Uh, no. So it's just uh, just because my like my screen is really cracked on the phone. So like when you're looking at a porno, it like it looks like a Picasso because of all like you know, the oh, because it's all impressionist. Okay. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. It's hard to get if you've never been to Europe. Right. Uh, the painting was like he was like woman in a chair or something, or it was yeah, like yeah. And there's like, like the 12, guitar guy. Right. And she had like twelve noses. Then there's like, like fifteen yeah. faces. Uh-huh. Right, 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 right. I know what you're talking about now. Okay, okay. Was cool. it Picasso or Van Gogh who had the blue period? I think that was Van Gogh. That was because uh, you could you could mention like it's the goo period. Ah, oh, very ejaculatory. Yeah. That might be a little too inside baseball though, because I mean like people barely know Picasso. I think. Yeah. It might be too inside. Yeah. That was fantastic though. Thank you for the feedback. Everybody clap wildly for Michael Brandon. Again, lucky us listening to Corn today. <laughs> I started listening to Corn in 1999 because one of my students when I was teaching high school really liked Corn and he was special ed and I was like, I need to understand this kid. So I started listening to Corn. I still don't get it. Uh, your next comedian. I'm actually confused. I don't know if this is Judith. It, you, you, are you working under a new name? Okay, good. I tagged you under your real name, but she has... A, Stage name now. Everybody put your hands together for Susie Goldstein. I know it's so different from my real name. (laughs) You guys, I don't want the law to catch up with me. It's a risk. Um, So um, it's tough starting out in stand-up in my 50s. Yes, yes. And uh, despite the incredible support I, here at Mutiny Radio, um, I'm getting a lot of pushback from naysayers uh, saying that that is a little bit late uh, to be getting started in stand-up comedy. Um, uh, but um, I actually have this planned out quite carefully uh, so that uh, I die while I'm peeking. Um, yeah? Uh, and, um, you know, because you don't want to get overexposed. You know, that's kind of sad. Um, now, uh, you know, I mean, uh, just to clarify things, uh, uh, let's, let's do the math here. Uh, so if it takes me as long as it took uh, Louis C.K., uh, you know, to hit the big time, uh, you know, uh, if I should be so lucky... That's, uh, that's 25 years, right? So that's 54 plus 25. I will be 79 at the peak of my powers. Um, so then I figure maybe five years at most where I'm like Amy Schumer popular. Amy, I'm sorry, Amy Schumer 2014-2015 popular. There'll be that. And then, uh, then I'll check out uh, in my mid-80s uh, before people get sick of me. Now, uh, a lot of um, entertainment professionals who start younger, uh, they have to use drug overdose uh, 
to achieve, to kind of finesse this kind of perfect exit timing. Um, but I am from Berkeley, uh, so I'm going I'm to go for natural causes. Going to go for a natural death. Uh, but you know, um, there is a, a, a new option recently. There's been some innovation in this field of comedy exit, um, and I would say, you know, thanks to feminism, some very big names are now using um, sexual violation of, of uh, all sorts to end their careers. Um, and I want to, uh, Louis, as ever, is a pioneer. Uh, in this field. Um, now, I considered, I considered using this um, as my exit strategy in case uh, I don't uh, die on time. Uh, it's, um, uh, you know, because things, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, my family is very long-lived. Uh, but, uh, uh, and it's also tempting um, to get women uh, involved, uh, more involved in doing this sexual violation thing. Uh, I, feel, I feel like we are way outnumbered uh, in that field. Um, but you see, uh, my yoga teacher told me uh, that this would mess up my karma. Uh, and so, you know, he had his hand on my leg uh, at the time. Um, but so I don't know. Uh, but I do, I do totally trust him on this kind of thing. Um, all right. Uh, so I, I, today my goal was to milk this premise until it just, it just died. So I've got one more minute to do it. Um, and I just want to say that if my natural death starts dragging out too long, I actually might consider opiates after all. Um, but as a very good uh, Berkeley person, uh, I want to do it with no chemical refinement of any kind. Opiates, yes, but no chemical refinement of any kind. It's got to be organic, local, sustainable. I want an Alice Waters approved death. So here's the plan. I'm just going to eat 50 pounds of farmer's market poppy seeds. Um, now, I actually researched this, and I think you could actually do it for, with as little as 15 pounds of poppy seeds. Um, now, uh, you might be thinking, that is a lot of artisanal bagels. Um, but, uh, I, but uh, you know, I have already come close uh, at some of these brunches that I have with my book club friends. Uh, so, thanks a lot for helping me milk that, kids. Bye-bye. <laughs> Susie Goldstein! Oh, you were milking, no, stay up there. You were milking it like you milk the poppy. Milking it like milking the poppy. Just so you know, that's how you get the God, thing. I, I didn't mean, miss yeah. that one. Hey, Lord. Hey, really, uh, hot takes, very topical. The poppy seed thing was really funny, especially the opiates. Just a note, you say uh a lot. It's just mm. something to be aware of that if you took out the uh, you would seem less hesitant and it would just be like i'm saying this just yeah. something to be aware of because, totally because you're you're writing on this one i feel like you wrote a lot this week i just wrote it <laughs> that's oh, why there's us when i rehearse i have to if, if i don't rehearse that's you get us. That, that's what i get but the, the, I haven't rehearsed the opium yeah. the opiate addiction crisis happening and the poppy seeds and artisanal and the how many bagels it's all very funny because you really can test positive for um opiates on a drug screening if you have a poppy seed bagel that morning that actually is true Happened to my dad. I, I have I have heard that. That's what set me thinking. How many would I have to eat to overdose? Yeah, it's that's funny. Fifteen pounds of organic, but cool set. Thanks. And then also, uh, you're of the Jewish persuasion, correct? I am of the Jewish persuasion. Okay, I think you could work in there with the natural causes of death, uh, spite. 
from God. It's big in the Old Testament. I think you could enter some like interesting natural causes uh-huh. of death. Kosher? From, like you know, kosher? Well, you can work in some kosher stuff, uh-huh. locusts, like just fun, fun ways that yeah. Jews can die. Yep, I yep. always like to see those inserted into jokes. Uh-huh. Oven, something about oven baked. Yeah, <laughs> oven baked. Okay. I like it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Yay! Susie Goldstein! You're an ex-comedian. He has a stage name, too. But it's his real name. Put your hands together for Joe Gorman! I'm very excited. I'm very excited to be back in rainy dreary San Francisco. I'm, everyone's complaining about the rain. Everyone can't be prepared for, for this kind of torrential downpour we're experiencing. Nobody has the survival skills to punch out armholes and a face hole in a garbage bag to survive the elements. I love it, man. I love being in this city. And I have an appreciation for San Francisco because I left the city a couple weeks ago to, to survive in Florida, huh? Anyone ever ever been there? It's exciting, big old people in Florida, you know? And I wasn't doing comedy either. I know people think, oh, you're going to Florida. You were probably doing comedy, so it's a tax write-off. No, I went to Florida for a family reunion, but the fact that I wrote jokes about going to Florida makes it a tax write-off, all right? That's how it works. It's a, it's a very uh, Ted Talksian comedy set I'm doing here. Uh, so I was in I was in Florida, man, and it was a trip, both literally and figuratively. I was in I was in Florida, man, and it's it's not it's not great, you know. People always assume Florida is kind of like its own entity. People associate it with like spring break and the rock and cocaine, but the Florida is in the south, ladies and gentlemen. It is in the it's like a south that you can get too, man. Like before you get into Cuba territory, and I I didn't think about it, but. I, it didn't sink in until I was on the beach, all right? Like, we have a beach here in California. I recommend you check it out. It's the Pacific Ocean. It's the most beautiful, most majestic body of water in the fucking world, all right? We got boats on there. We got barges. Florida has the Atlantic Ocean. I'm not a fan of the Atlantic Ocean, man. Not at all. It was just disgusting. Like, you got to plan to go to the beach in San Francisco. You got to get a wetsuit. You got to brace yourself for sub-zero ocean temperatures. You got to be prepared to punch a shark in the face, all right? Yeah. And like everyone in San Francisco, when they go to the beach, they all look amazing. Everyone here has their vegan diets and their, their CrossFit routine. So everyone's just fucking shredded, just an Adonis, man. You go to Florida, they have the Atlantic Ocean. It's fucking disgusting, just like the people there. I'm always self-conscious on the beach in San Francisco. I'm wearing like a hoodie because one, it's cold, and two, I'm incredibly self-conscious. In Florida, everyone's retired. Everyone's bloated and sunburnt just walking around disgusting i was walking around without a shirt and i had my shirt just thrown over my shoulder like i'm some kind of italian supermodel or something didn't give a fuck about my physical appearance i'm a california let's say six but i'm a florida fucking a million all right straight up most gorgeous man in florida you can also just go into the water in florida you don't need a wetsuit to prepare it's like 80 degrees in the water man I hate that. 
All right, I've never gone beyond my knees in the Pacific Ocean because I respect the Pacific Ocean. People get their engagement photos taken in front of the Pacific Ocean. Bodies are dumped in the Atlantic Ocean, all right? Like, you know why I went to the Atlantic Ocean? Because I drank too many beers on the beach and I had to go pee and I didn't want to take off my Speedo. So I went to the Atlantic Ocean and treated it like a toilet, the way it should be treated, all right? I've never made any kind of boom boom in the Pacific Ocean. Ocean. That's how much I respect the Pacific Ocean. And it's not just because I'm afraid of the radiation from Fukushima. All right? It's cool. Stayed in a hotel room. That was fucking exciting. I love staying in hotel rooms too, man. Like, I'm all about that. I had fucking Wi-Fi in my hotel room. That was fucking sweet, man. I had twin-size mattresses, man. Living. And hey, I don't know, like, you guys probably spent your entire fucking existence in this seven by seven mile safety blanket known as San Francisco. You leave this little city, you get to experience real America. There was an ashtray in my hotel room. Huh? Everyone got goosebumps? Everyone's hair turned a bone white upon hearing that? That's right, man. I got to live life to the fullest. I was fucking chain-smoking Marlboro Reds and watching Gilmore Girls all the fucking time, man. I felt like an American. I love staying in hotel rooms, but, you know, I told my family, like, they said, why don't you just stay with us, you know? Why don't you stay with us? I want to stay with you guys. I want to smoke cigarettes and chill in a hotel room. They panic, and they're like, Joe, you could get bed bugs just sleeping in a hotel comforter. Yeah. Hey, Aunt Sharon, guess what? I'm a stand-up comic from San Francisco. In my journeys, I got lice and crabs like you wouldn't believe. I don't give a fuck about some Florida hotel bed bugs. All right, let me tell you something, Auntie. Those bed bugs try to get on my body. My lice and crabs will fuck them up, all right? It's called hometown pride. I got an understanding with the boys. I don't scratch you, and you protect me from foreign parasites, all right? It's called symbiosis. That's my time. Thank you very much, everybody. Joe Gorman. Yes. He is very, very, very tan. Yes. All right. Any, any feedback, anything, any questions about what you saw? Anything? All right, cool. Here we go. I just want to say I loved your energy. And thank your you. Presence. Um, it's a fantastic story. Oh, thank you very much, man. All right, cool. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. All right. Uh, just want to say I loved the boom boom mm-hmm. <laughs> reference, and I thought you could come up with a few more. Okay. Uh, and keep going with that because that was hilarious, but it turned into a little throwaway. Okay. Yeah. Other thank baby. A little, uh, yeah, analogies for that. Okay, cool. All right. All right, well, thank you all very much. Yay! He's very tan. Uh, Everybody up there at the front of the stage are lighters for a dollar. If you guys want to buy one, we are nickel and diming because uh, Mutiny Radio did not receive the audiences it was hoping for our big fundraiser of the year. So we have enough money for about two more months. So if you guys like these open mics and you appreciate Mutiny Radio, uh, those lighters are a dollar. We make 60 cents on them. You count the pennies, I'll count the dollars. All right, your next comedian. He is the punniest punster that ever punned. Put your hands together for Charlie Spink.
I save all my sexy dance moves for the radio. That's just how I roll. Just listen to those waves. So yesterday was a very important day in the Spink household. It was my son's ninth birthday. Thank you. And it was also daylight savings. So sadly, my eldest is part of the less than 1% of people who have a 23-hour birthday instead of a 24-hour birthday. He's really getting fucked. And not by the priest this time, am I right? <laughs> up high? Anybody else send their kids to Catholic school? Oh, my hand's up. I do. That's what I'm talking about, Willis. But I'm always up here. I'm always trying to push the envelope with my material. They don't even let me in the post office anymore because I'm just pushing fucking envelopes all over the place, making a mess. And uh, I really tried to write a great joke this week about a man blowing a donkey. But I'm not going to do that joke because that joke just sucks ass. No? Nobody else wants to go to the zoo with me later? All right. Moving on. The rain, it's happening outside. People are getting wet and not in a sexual way. I saw two little boys seeking amusement playing catch with an umbrella. That's right, catch with an umbrella. These guys were throwing shade at each other like nobody's business. Am I right? Young people, that's insulting on the internet. Or so I hear. So I haven't always made my trillions of dollars up here on the stage at these free open mics. I used to have a job in a landmine and grenade factory. I did. Sounds boring, but let me tell you, it was a blast. Am I right? It's, I thought that joke would be more explosive. I really did. Uh, what else? What else? I wrote this really good joke this week also about my wife's G-spot, but I can't find where I put it in the notebook. I've looked all over. I knew where it was at one point. At least she told me I did. Didn't work out well. But I've done a little bit of traveling for the sake of this next joke. And I found out in Egypt, in Egypt, the land of the pharaohs and the pyramids, they do not call toilet paper toilet paper. No, they don't. They call it poopy papyrus. That's right. I'm on a roll or am I on a scroll? I don't know. I haven't been there. It's Sphinx, not Sphinx. That's my name. What else? I went to a Brazilian steakhouse recently. Anybody else ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? All right. It's delicious, let me tell you. Uh, the difference, of course, between a Brazilian steakhouse and an American steakhouse is in a Brazilian steakhouse, the cows wax their vaginas. That's, that's a fact. But speaking of vaginas, my wife has one of those. Yeah, that's what we call a transition, Caitlyn Jenner. And this is kind of a sad topic to bring up on the stage, but I'm feeling uh, revolutionary, very, very Che Guerra up here. I'm going to talk about it. It's close to home. My wife, beloved wife, mother of my children, that we know of, up high. No. She was recently diagnosed with Filipino breast cancer. It's really sad. And in the Bay Area, lots of Filipinos, they would know you guys probably don't. It's not a very ethnic crowd in here. Filipino breast cancer is when you're grabbing a breast and you feel a lump, Pia. In there. It's okay, guys. We got it removed. That shit was delicious. It really was. Beauty, much like semen, is often found in the eye of the beholder. And I hope that you've all come to see a great night of comedy. I'm Charlie. Y'all been mutiny. Have a great day. Charlie's Bing! And bring on the critique. That lumpia joke was awesome. I love it. But I love puns, and I think that I love silliness, so I was totally down with it. 
I'm I'm down with your silly weird stuff. I I think the wordplay is really fun. So I don't know what other people feel about it, but but that lumpia joke is crispy. This is sort of like you know, kind of a two-part question. <laughs> I you know what I, I I love the like the topics on your on your kid. You know, you're, you're talking about your kid, uh, but also like. Do you do you ever like have any stories where your kids come? Because I feel like if your kids, your friends, uh, your you know your schoolmates come over for a sleepover, I feel like you're kind of the dad that would do dick jokes to them. <laughs> Does that ever like enter the enter enter like the stage where you're like, hey, my kids' friends come over and they they hate you know when when I'm home because I tell Luckily, them. Luckily, my kids are antisocial, so no. Oh, because that's like a, such a great route to take your comedy. Yeah, that's like working. When I do longer sets, I tell lots of stories about my kids too. I get a little more personal. Less pun driven. I feel like you would be the dad too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you over to Charlie's dad. <laughs> well, I aspire to be that guy. Thanks. All right, you guys have a good one. Charlie's bank. He's a dad. That's exciting. It's so. I I always wonder what people are doing in their real lives outside of this comedy thing uh your next comedian looks like uh, he has a normal job and makes a lot of money he's gonna bring you the hits right now put your hands together for ryan hitzler okay um my name is ryan hitzler and people tell me that i look like clark kent if he was a fuck boy and I just kind of started thinking what that would be like, um, sliding into DMs faster than a speeding bullet. Who needs uh, girls to send you nudes when you've got x-ray vision, am I right? Um, caption every dick pic with, uh, you know they call me the man of steel, right? And uh, fuckboy Clark Kent is affected by kryptonite, but it's not in the form of a green rock. It's in the form of girls asking, so what are we? Um, Superman. I always wondered, like, is Superman, when he jerks off, does he make himself finish in, like, two seconds with, like, super speed? Or does he have Superman-level stamina? You know, those are the kind of things that keep me up at, like, 3 a.m. So, ladies, if if your guy has some weird look on his face, he's not thinking about other chicks. He's thinking about whether or not Superman would decapitate Lois Lane with the money shot. All right? And uh, speaking of masturbating... I broke up with my girlfriend recently, so I've been having to do that a bit more, uh, which is kind of taking some getting used to because before, when I had my girlfriend, I would just ask her if she wanted to have sex, and, and then I'd masturbate. So that routine's really throwing me off. Um, I've been, uh, I just moved into the city last week uh, from a smaller town in the East Bay, and they say fish will grow to whatever size tank you put them in, which is why I always buy Magnum condoms. Uh, just kind of unraveling it. So I'm like, come on, buddy. I need you to give 110% today. 110, okay, maybe 150, 160%. And that's how I unravel condoms, by the way. None of that top-to-down nonsense. Uh, I have a buddy who hangs out with a lot of dancers. And uh, I asked him, like, hey, if you know of any girls that were or used to be strippers or are strippers and uh, like to get stuff like a Thanksgiving turkey, have them call their father, probably. There's some stuff that could probably work out there. 
Um, did you ever think about what Thanksgiving food your uh, genitals would be? You know? For me, I think uh, it would be cranberry sauce. And it's not like the artisanal stuff you would get at Whole Foods, kind of like the, the canned Walmart generic brand. You know, it's nothing fancy, but hey, it's a great value. Um, my dick would be a can of great value cranberry sauce because people really only care about it a couple months out of the year, a couple weeks out of the year. Um, when you take it out of the packaging, you kind of think, oh, that's an interesting shape. And uh, it always goes great with just a little bit of white meat, you know? Um, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's assault. Amore. Amore means love in Italian. I'm not sure why uh, Italians are mistaking domestic abuse as love. It's interesting. And what a more stereotypical thing to assault someone with than a piece of pizza, you know? And don't worry, I can say all these things because I'm prejudiced towards Italian people. <laughs> all right, that's all the new jokes I have. That's it. Thank you. Ryan Hitzler. Okay, I want to start with this. Hey, everybody, you don't have to record your sets here because we record them for you. It's a podcast station. So be cool and download it so that we get another hit. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's up right after the show at 8 o'clock on, um, on our website under the Joke Workshop thing. But you, you really, our, our sound will be way better than yours, honestly, because you're right into the microphones. Just, just saying, because maybe you're new and you don't know that we actually, it's a radio station, we actually record it. Uh, comments for Ryan? Anyone? He wrote a lot of stuff. Well, I'm glad that you had the meat balls to take down the Italians. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I like what you're doing with the Superman fuckboy stuff. I think there's a lot of potential there. I think instead of just calling yourself secret fuckboy, you go like fuckboy man and just make some sort of big physical super fuckboy reference gesture. Uh, you could also get like really inside baseball with the Superman universe and say, you know, maybe he jerks off left-handed so fast it makes time go backwards. <laughs> but you could really work in something like that. Condoms are his kryptonite. You know, something like that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Brian Hitzler! Your next comedian was at the Punchline stage last night. Put your hands together for Max Eddy! Thank you, Pam. Um, I'm also fresh off my uh, hot set in that bathroom during your set, so... I fucking, I hate peeing here during Joke Workshop because people are working on new shit and I don't want to flush during a punchline. It's really annoying. Um, so you guys, uh, I have ADD and so can you. It's really easy to get that prescribed. It's fucking dope. Um, uh, I, uh, I actually got a dealer though. Um, it's this guy from UCLA. Uh, he studied psychiatry and... Uh, yeah, he spent a lot of time to get to the top of that cartel. I don't, like, I don't know why he went to school for that long. It's, he just wants to run his own business. I don't get it, whatever. Um, but, uh, it's funny. I can't, I can't tell you his name, but, uh, he actually shares a name with a very popular low-carb diet, um, which is, uh, it's funny because when you take Adderall, you don't want any carbs. You don't want any food at all. Um, 
But uh, when I went in to get it, though, I, um, yeah, I go up to the the nurse, and uh, she's like, "Oh, who are you here to see?" And I'm like, "Oh, uh, I have an appointment with Doctor Juice Cleanse." And uh, she uh, she kind of looks me up and down, uh, like she she knows what I'm there for. She's just like, uh, "Are you a college student?" I was like, "You're judging the shit out of me right now. I don't like this." Um, but one sec. It's fresh, fresh shit. Um, oh yeah, the thing is, like, uh, when I went in to get it too, he uh, he tried to sell me on it. Like, he he asked me what my symptoms were, uh, and I was just like, I don't know, like, uh, I I just read like what I got off a of Reddit thread. Honestly, I was just like, uh, you know, sometimes I can't focus on work, sometimes I can't focus on in conversation, and also, have you seen this Rick and Morty th- fan theory? Um, but, but yeah, he like, he sold me hard on it. Like after I told him that he was just like, I, um, I need, I need you to think about this very carefully because Adderall has a lot of benefits and I was just waiting for, and, and like risks, but he just never said it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was weird. He like showed me a video of testimonials of people who like took Adderall and their lives were better as a result. And I've never seen a drug dealer do that. Yeah, you know, like imagine if if a cocaine dealer just showed you like scenes from uh, Scarface, like with just a fucking pile of cocaine on the desk and you're just like, look at how confident he is. You know, look at how well he's focusing on his business. Um, but yeah, no, I, and I got the pre- prescription from him and um, he didn't give me any refills though. It's a schedule two drug, so they don't do any refills. So I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have to like do this every three months and pretend that this is a real disease. Um, <laughs> but, um, I actually, I have a phone call with him every three months where all he asked me is two questions. One, um, do you need to up your dosage? And two, so like, how are you? And, uh, we spent a, like, a hundred percent more time on that first question. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. I, I really didn't think that shit was real. Um, but then I started benefiting from it. So, uh, um, now it's real. And, uh, if you guys want some, just let me know. Um, oh, um, it was daylight savings time recently, you guys. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I was fucking this dude at 1:58 a.m. Sunday morning, and I didn't finish until 3:01. Uh, that's all I got. Max Eddie, everyone, yay! Selling drugs on stage, I love it. <laughs> Comments is all new stuff. You, you burned, you burned all your buy stuff, huh? Uh, or are you just moving on? I'm. I, I need a right. Gotcha. Yeah, no, good, good new stuff. Uh, You should call Tony Montana an entrepreneur. Yeah, there we go. Just, just, yeah, add more to that. Yeah, Yeah, like use some of that silly jargon, like he's forward thinking out of the, you know, you know things they talk about, like out of the box is from like the 90s, that's because I'm so old, but, you know, use all those like technical 
turn me terms and he's just has a big pile of drugs okay that's dope thank you yeah dude you could also mention the double-ended dildo scene from requiem for a dream as one of the <laughs> highlights of cool ass drug things because that would jennifer oh, yeah. connelly just taking just, it in yeah. hell yeah you ever you ever uh, uh grind up adderall and snort it okay. i have not actually you, you haven't lived doggy <laughs> There we go. Yeah, I was looking for, I was trying to think of other movies like that have like notorious drug, drug uh, scenes. So that's good shit. But. There's half baked, but that's just weed. And we know that's not really a drug. Yeah, exactly. And they got arrested in that movie. That was like a bad thing that happened. <laughs> a way less fun comment. Um, you mentioned that the doctor had the same name as a popular low carb diet. And you kind of snuck in that his name was Dr. Juice Cleanse later. I think that that's a, a funny line if you just like, Twerk that a little bit earlier in that could that could get better. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure that out because his name may or may not actually be Doctor Atkins, and he may or may not work at Kaiser Permanente in Oakland. But I still <laughs> and it, like he's he's following the Hippocratic Oath. He's like obeying the law all the time, and uh, yeah, he's totally he's a good guy. But yeah, honestly, it's kind of it's like a joke for myself. It's not. I don't think it's really for the audience even. So um, I think I need a. I thought it might be fun, but I don't think I don't think it works. But I'm glad you're doing it just for you up there. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad that it's just, it's all about you. That's great. Yeah. That's great. That's really, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. There we go. Good shit. Thank you. Max Eddie. Yay. Yay. The music was supposed to happen. There it goes. Max Eddie. Yay. Uh, your next comedian. I've never met her before. It's her first time here at Joke Workshop. As far as I know, hey, everybody, put your hands together for charity. <laughs> excited to be here. Yeah, it's my first time. Uh, thank you. So I just want to know, don't you guys hate it when you wake up in the morning? That's all. <laughs> Especially this time of year. Jesus. Okay, that's, uh, that's not really a joke. I just really fucking hate waking up in the morning. And uh, that might tell you a little bit about me uh, as we go along. I, I grew up really poor. So I have a lot of uh, anxieties about that and, I don't know, maybe residual trauma. Who knows? But um, uh, one thing that that has led to is I refuse to make two trips uh, when I, I, you know, go to the store, bring home groceries. I refuse to make two trips from the car to the house. You know, I want to carry every single last grocery into the house uh, it doesn't matter if I'm carrying 20 bags, 300 pounds, it's cutting off all the circulation of my fingers, I'm just gonna make one trip. And that comes from growing up poor, because we would get the welfare check uh, once a month, beginning of the month, we would go to the store, we would go to town, spending that welfare money on, woo, all the sweet stuff like oatmeal, and peanut butter, <laughs> sleeping pills, I'll explain that later. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, one of five kids, very little money. And what that meant was we really had to just make one trip to the store a month and carry everything home. So it'd be my mom and uh, the five kids and we'd be trekking home. There'd, there'd always be that one asshole neighbor who lived right next door and it'd be snow and we'd be slogging through. Our fingers were about to fall off because, you know, all these little plastic bags filled with hundreds of pounds of stuff. And of course, that asshole would drive by and wave. I don't know why he wasn't nice enough to at least pretend he didn't see us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so we, we would, um, we'd 
bring home all the groceries, and that's what we would have to live on for the entire month. But for some reason, that experience of bringing it all home in one trip and just doing that, it has made me feel like you just have to do that. You can't make a second trip back to the car because in my brain, that's like a second trip back to the store and I'm not gonna go through that trauma. Um, but, and, and by the way, I mean, now and again, my mom would buy us a treat. We'd get some high-end haute cuisine thing like hamburger helper. Still dreaming about that. Uh, um, but my mom was smart too. She would always buy a box of sleeping pills uh, for the end of the month. And uh, this is gonna sound bad, but it really, <laughs> I think it's brilliant. So we'd run out of food, and you know we'd be coming in at night, and she had already fed us our last oatmeal or our last peanut butter, and, and we'd be like, Mom, I'm hungry. And she would be like, here you go, Unisom casserole. <laughs> so that's how we made it to the end of the month. Uh, probably a better way of delivering that so it doesn't sound so sad. Uh, <laughs> but the hamburger helper, uh, that might be uh, my, uh, the reason my last relationship failed. Um, have you heard of love languages? So apparently there are these five love languages. I don't know why there are five or only five. Uh, you know, they're like uh, words of affirmation or, or giving quality time. Or some people uh, need you to give them physical affection. Some people need, I don't know, cattle noises during sex. Uh, my partner, truly, her love language was... Um, having somebody make her really good food. So um, <laughs> refer back to the hamburger helper. That might be uh, why it failed. But anyway, thanks, guys. I'm, I'm really going somewhere with that. We'll work that out later. <laughs> and thank you very much. Again, I'm Charity. Clap your hands wildly for Charity. Yay. Stay up there. Yay. Yeah. That was great for your first time here. Um, on your first joke, I just give it a much bigger pause and like look at people in the face, like say it and then just start looking at people and give it a lot of time and then be like, no, no, that's it. And I think you'll get more of a reaction because you just, you just, you, you took a break, but it was like a half a pause. Like you're saying I shouldn't panic and, and move on quickly. Right, 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 right. Uh, but the, the, the larger pause you have, like maybe breathe in and out twice and like make sure you look at at least two people in the face and you'll probably get laughs off that. And then you say, no, 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 that, that, that's it. I just hate waking up, which is that, uh, that's, it's funny. Um, and then the other thing is that you start with your hamburger helper thing. And I feel like a list would behoove you. So if you say hamburger helper and then something else and then something else and then sleeping pills. So it's like, but you said the, haute, the, the, the pinnacle of haute cuisine, hamburger helper, you should get a laugh. Like. To whatever other ridiculous foods that are gross, like ding dong, hostess snowballs, you know, like name three gross foods that aren't, you know, and then hit them with the sleeping pills and you'll probably, you'll get a laugh at that. You're we, saying like hamburger helper is the, the first thing on the list. And or? then, yeah. And then list some other like disgusting foods. And then on the end of that list is sleeping pills. So it's like the pinnacle of hot cuisine, you know, hamburger helper, ha 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 ha, uh, to snowballs, ha ha ha, oh, one more, ha ha ha, and then you go sleeping pills and you go, oh yeah, I see this one confused you, and then you go into the story, right, or, and, and also you probably like can't, it. you probably can't buy sleeping pills with food stamps, so there might be a joke in there too, I don't yeah. know, I don't know, Was, were you on food stamps, you can lie and say you were, even if you weren't, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah okay good yeah right but really good for your first time you have really really great stage presence and your outfit is darling and seriously you have good microphone technique and that's all that's all great stuff all right thank you 
Other, other comments? Other comments? I don't. I think. I don't think I caught this. But uh, did you? Did you mention where you grew up? Oh, we're not going there. That's, that's that's probably that's probably a way better selling point if you tell them. Okay, like, I'll, yeah, I'll come up with like, something. Because you're like, I grew up yeah. in the snow. Right? Well, where'd you grow up? And you're like, I think you you paint a whole picture of the town there, and also like maybe mention what your parents did or what they didn't do, and like mm-hmm. like why. I think it just because you kind of like in my head, I'm picturing Glass Castle, but I don't know where you're from. I don't know like what, you, what you, your parents did or anything. Like I think that would be like I think that would help out the joke a lot. All right, thanks. Yeah, because if it was hot, you're sweating. If it's cold, you've got mittens and all that stuff. Concrete, specific details. Any other comments? All right, clap your hands together in a wild slappy like motion for charity. Speaking of charity, Mutiny Radio needs yours. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm. There's a donate button on every page if you are enjoying this uh, great podcast right now at home and you're like gosh I should become a stand up comedian I feel so inspired well let yourself be inspired to drift right over to that donate button and uh, everybody here we've got lighters for a buck your next comedian what an amazing human being he is put your hands together for Dan Shively no. he's not here okay that's cool that was a weird corn song. It was on the end of their thing. Your next comedian. Okay, this is very funny. Um, you weren't at the uh, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, but your name got picked out of the Hell Hat. And the very first thing for the Hell Hat was make a joke about Ian Levy. And it was a guy from like Seattle. And he's like, I don't know who the fuck this is. This, and everyone laughed. It was here. They didn't know it was an inside joke. I didn't go through the Hell Hat well enough for uh, my, some of my visiting comedians. But you were mentioned. Uh, everybody put your hands together for Ian Levy. I think for the uh, the Hell Hat, uh, it didn't have to be a, a visiting comedian. There's plenty of local comedians who would have pulled my name out and gone, who the hell is this? So I'm not too worried about that. Uh, comedy uh, is my first love, I would say. Uh, it's not uh, by choice. I'd rather my first love was a person, but comedy wins by default. So that is, I'd rather it was up to me, comedy would be like my 27th love. You know, I'd have like a uh, wife, children, uh, some pets, a series of elaborate hobbies. I'd be like 26 would be whittling and then 27 would be comedy. But you know, you make do with what you got. So I'm trying my best. Um, I'm a millennial uh, and some people say, I've heard people say that millennials are the worst generation ever. Uh, and to that I say, have you met old people? Because it is not a great demographic. I mean, old people can be very incompetent, just as competent as any millennial. Uh, my father is so bad at using Skype, I no longer remember what the bottom half of his face looks like anymore. And it's just two eyes and a nostril, a weird digital elephant man. That's all I get. People, people always complain about millennials. They say all the stuff you've done, but if you really think about it, like what did uh, what did the baby doomers do? What are they responsible for? They got uh, like the the war on drugs, uh, the Iraq war, the financial crisis. Like those are things that the baby boomers did, and we did uh, what fidget spinners and vaping. Like that's you know they're they're worse things. It's not a great look, but there are worse things. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out. I uh, I recently got to go and stay with my friend in New York. That's actually where I was during the comedy festival. I was gone for basically all of it. Um, and I uh, my friend 
her family lives in the Upper East Side. They're very, very wealthy. Uh, and they are so rich uh, that they have a doorman open and close the door for you when you go in and out of the place. And do you know how uh, rich you have to be to be too wealthy for doorknobs? Like that is a lot. Just to be like, I am holding too much money all of the time. I need someone to be doing this for me. I can't, I can't handle it. But I was very friendly with the doorman. I was very, because I would see him and be like, you know, I'd want him to know. I'd be like, I'm, I work at a cafe. I'm with you, buddy. Uh, oh, you know, like proletariats forever. Uh. Uh, and then uh, one day uh, I came home kind of late at night and he was just sitting in a chair and he saw me come up to the door and he just kind of like uh, motioned like this to signal like, oh, the door is unlocked. And so I uh, had him fired because I will not be disrespected. I am part of the 1% when I am staying at someone else's house based off their charity. Uh, I want all of the benefits, please. Yes, thank you. That's my that's my hot take on that. Do you guys hear that um, uh, the NRA is now blaming uh some spokespeople for the nra is blaming the video game business they're saying uh video games are to blame for mass shootings um <laughs> uh, and i i really find i feel like that is the equivalent the nra blaming video games and mass shootings is like if voldemort uh blamed the faculty at hogwarts for student endangerment like that really feels like uh there, there are worse causes for sure you know sure they're not great they could be better with their hippogriff safety policies but you know it, it could be a lot worse i feel like um i am a jewish or i'm kind of jewish i don't really know how uh jewish i am i always tell people because on one hand uh, i'm not religious at all but on the other hand i do control the media so that is kind of like my little way of you know connecting with my jewish roots um so trying to figure things out a little bit um yeah it's a weird uh it's a weird time to uh to be alive and be a person um, I thought I had another joke I wanted to work on, but uh, I can't think of it. Okay, I think it's my time. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Ian Levy! I think that your joke about the door would be better served if the punchline was uh, you're too wealthy for feminism or your friend is too wealthy for feminism because you mentioned it's a girl, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Too wealthy for doorknobs? I don't know. Too wealthy for feminism because okay. it's the whole thing of like, I get my own fucking door. Well, that's my joke, but yeah. about the doors. I, I don't think that would work for me as a man saying it. Like, right. like I, I get I get it. I think it would be funnier if I was, like, I think I could pull it off if I was a woman. I think you could pull it off anyway. You're too wealthy for feminism because it's like the door. I don't I don't know. I just no, thought that I, was it. I, I get it. Right. Um, that's that's all I That's all I had. Uh, I really liked your whittling tag uh, to uh, the first joke you did. Whittling is just a, f it's a really fun, like, random activity yeah. that people who don't do a lot of things do. Um, did you, were you going to keep the control of the media as a one-liner, or were you going to expand on it? Uh, I, don't ha I haven't written any more of it yet, but uh, okay. if you have some elaborate jokes, I'll, I'll add them gladly. <laughs> no, I was, like, because I was thinking about, like, how you could misdirect on control the media and like we have i mean there are little ways we like influence media like being able to like shit or like choosing songs we listen to like there's i i, I don't know i think there's there's something to expand on there but All right. yeah okay any other comments clap your hands together for ian levy All right, everyone's gone, huh? Did everybody go up? 
I think so. I don't do stand-up comedy anymore, so that we're as far as I'm concerned, we're fucking done. Are we done? Is did did uh oh no wait there is one left, and is did Dan Shively say something? Is he here? Is he back? No. Oh, it's Angel. Uh, hey, everybody, put your hands together for your last com- second to last comedian, Max Moakanen. Thank you. Thank you for remembering me. I appreciate it. Uh, my name's Max. Uh, I like to read, ladies. Uh, I read so much that I've actually read The Art of the Deal. Like, I made, I made, I made it that far. Like, I, uh, you, ever, you ever like eating trail mix and you've already picked out all the M&Ms and candied fruit? And all that's left is nuts, but you're still hungry, and you're like, I guess I'll just, I guess I'll just eat this, you know. That's that's where I'm at with books now. I yeah, I I didn't buy it. I checked it out from Berkeley Public Library, like so they have it there. Isn't that kind of surprising? And I put it on hold. Like I'm pretty sure no one's ever checked that book out there. Like I had to like go up and get it, which was kind of embarrassing. Like you know, go up to the counter and be like, I have a book on hold, and she, the lady just looked at me like I was crazy, you know. And it's like, this is Berkeley Public Library. There's a guy behind me who's yelling at a bookshelf. Like, why why am I the crazy person here? Um, I don't know. I, uh, so I, uh, I studied abroad in Cambodia. Like, you can do that, too. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Cambodia. Cambodia is like if the tenderloin became a country. <laughs> like, you know, you know how you're, like, walking through a tenderloin? If I could just get to Civic Center BART, people would tr- stop trying to sell me stuff. Except in Cambodia, it's like, if I could just get to Thailand... Like, people stop trying to sell me stuff. Um, you get, like, food poisoning a lot, though. Uh, like, getting food poisoning when you go to Cambodia is like hearing the call for prayer when you visit a Muslim country. Uh, it happens five times a day. And every time it happens, you're just like, this is pretty annoying. <laughs> but it's part of the culture, so I guess I just got to deal with it, you know? Um, so, like, I had, like, some stomach problems when I got back, so I just started, like, eating plain food all the time. Like, I never go to restaurants and stuff. I just make my own food and like bring it with me. And like in San Francisco, people find that amazing. They're just like, what do you do in this situation? What do you do in that situation? Do you make your own food, put it in Tupperware and bring it with you on dates? And I'm like, yeah, I will if I get the chance, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, well I ran through all that. I, uh, so I, uh, I'm shy, any shy people here? Everybody, all right. <laughs> I, uh, I've always been shy. I, I know that I've always been shy because I went to my 10-year high school reunion recently, and I met everybody for the first time. Like, I, I was like, I guess I'll, you know, I don't know anybody here. Like, this is, this is awkward. Um, but like a lot of the, uh, a lot of my old classmates are like married, 28 years old, already married, uh, and a lot of the women didn't take their husband's name, which is great. You know, it's a real slap in the face to our male-dominated society if you ignore the fact that they're just keeping their father's name, right? Like, it's like, nice try, ladies. We've been working on this patriarchy thing for quite a while. Like, you know, like, you're not going to just turn this ship around in one generation. And I was out, it's like, it's like, hey, will you marry me? Yeah, but I'm a feminist, so I'm keeping my father's name. He knows best, after all. And I was out, like, offense. Like, sometimes, like, I'd be like, oh, they're just keeping their father's name. People are like, how dare you? How dare you point that out? And then I've also had it where people go, hey, I really like that reference you made to Father Knows Best. And I was like, what's Father Knows Best? Apparently it's like a 1950s TV show. Like I didn't even, like my jokes are smarter than I am. <laughs> I've reached comedy singularity, guys. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Max Mulcanen. I know how to pronounce his name finally. It only took me two months. <laughs> it's not Mulcanen, isn't it? 
I thought it was, so it's Moachanine? No, it's Moachanine. Moachanine. Fuck, I'm never going to get it. Uh, I like your I like your delivery. You're dry and slow and and sort of like two steps behind. No, like you're behind your. Um, it's hard to explain. Like you're not you're not you're not like I've got all this energy. You're like uh, here I am. But it's but your writing stands up to it. So like all of your lists of it's not like this. It's like this. You're the Indonesia versus you know the tenderloin. All of those all those concrete specific things in there. And that whole section was very funny. The pooping. And the and the Muslim prayers, like oh, that whole section with your similes. This is like this, and this is like that. That was all really well written, I thought. Thank you. Just a heads up on the um, when you do the shy bit, Mark Norman has like a really similar thing with um, introverted people. So I'm just starting out there, yeah. It's close, but I'll check it out. Yeah. Other comments? He was perfect. Was he? He was absolutely. You can give him compliments too. You can say what you liked. No, everybody's quiet. Everybody's shy today. Clap your hands together for Max Moachina. Moach. I'm never gonna get it. I'm gonna read it. It's not phonetic. I'm so confused. Uh, your next comedian. What a sweet lady she is. She is an angel. She was one of the five comedians that came and supported me during the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. And so I will kiss her ass forever because she actually gave a shit about mine. Put your hands together, everybody, for Angel Weaver. You guys can hear me. This is on. Um, so I don't want to do any jokes from my set. I just want to tell a story that happened to me that I think is funny and I'm trying to find the funny in it. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. So, uh, about a week back, I got extremely high for no reason. Um, I had way too much gummy edibles. That was my first time doing edibles. So don't do two, but if you choose to, you're going to be really high. Uh, and so I did that, and I called an Uber pool because I'm broke, and I like a good sale. Um, and so I called an Uber pool, and I got in the back, and I just felt like I literally saw my soul like leaving my body. Like I was just like very scared. And so in this moment, I'm praying to God. <laughs> I'm like, God, if you just get me through this, like if you get me through this high, like I promise I will never, ever do this again to myself. Um, <laughs> and I'm praying out loud because my Uber driver's like, what are you saying? I'm like, nothing, don't worry. It's a private conversation between me and God. And so as he's as he's driving, we hear that like, which means that a new rider has been added to the pool. Um, it's also a reminder that like you should have just called a regular Uber because it's gonna take a lot longer. And so we pick up a we pick up a guy, and on the phone it literally says next rider in your queue, Jesus. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like ready to cry because I'm like, this is the sign, this is it. We're picking up Jesus Christ. Oh my God. So. <laughs> So we go to pick him up and Jesus gets in the car and he looks like what Jesus will look like to me, like a hipster Jesus. He has a nice beard, this short hair. And he gets in the car and the Uber driver's like, hey, like, what were you doing tonight? And he's like, I just went to a concert by myself. 
I was like, that's what Jesus would do. Like, Jesus would definitely go to a concert by himself. Like, he does not have any friends. And so I'm just getting more and more suspicious, like, kind of looking at him very quietly. And then they keep talking, and they're talking about his plans from this week. And he's like, yeah, I went in, uh, he's like, I went car shopping with my father, because my father knows a lot about cars. And I'm like, your father is God, okay? Like, he knows a lot about everything. And, like, this is just further, like, confirming that Jesus Christ is in my car. Uh, and so, after a while, like, anyways, I'm so high that I, I'm, like, literally freaking out. I really think that Jesus is in the car. I'm really, like, in the back just like, okay, what, what does somebody say to Jesus? Um, and how do they say it? And so... I just start like confessing things that I've done in the backseat of this Uber. I was like, I'm sorry if it smells like I definitely farted. And I like couldn't hold it. Like that was me. And I was like, and I'm definitely not going to tip you after this ride. Like I'm just being honest. I'm very broke. I have no money to tip you. And I just start confessing like all the Uber sins that I've made in this ride. And then we go to like drop myself off. Like, we go to drop me off. And I guess it shows like the name on the front like when you're dropping someone off and he's like oh your name's angel like that's perfect and i was like it's not as perfect as jesus <laughs> like that's a cool name but it's not as perfect as jesus um and anyways that's the story so yeah that's the whole there's not like a real punchline, but i do think there's some funniness in there that i can work out so thanks for letting me tell my story um i guess i'll just do my uber jokes now since i still have more time which are um i love taking uber pool and i love when i get picked up last but i get dropped off first because i imagine that's what white privilege feels like it's pretty fucking awesome it's pretty cool like white privilege i feel like it's one of those things like we all complain about it but deep down we just kind of want it you know like i i'd sign up for some of that white privilege um my other Uber joke is that uh, Uber is hella woke because they have an Uber black option, uh, which is for black people that like getting picked up in Escalade. Say yo. <laughs> um, all right, that's my time, guys. Thank you. Angel Weaver! Yay! I feel like you could do something with the churchy thing, like go into Catholicism and like, bless me, Uber, for I have sinned. It's been... <laughs> you know, three weeks since I've tipped someone, <laughs> but because they're like, they're sort of the side of their face and you can, if you're in the back seat and you're not in the front seat, it's kind of like a confessional booth a yeah. little bit because like they can't really look at you cause they're looking at the road Yeah, and they can't really, I mean, they can kind of answer you, yeah. but I, I think you can go through if you like, I don't know if you were Catholic, but if you look at some churchy stuff, I mm -hmm. think you could find some funny like yeah. things about confessionals or Right, because then it'll give you the opportunity to confess all those uber sins. Because you said, I'm just like confessing all my uber sins to him. So like make a list of what those are. Like, yeah. I don't tip. I took the water and I didn't give you a dollar. I like I like ate the dum-dum, but then left it on the carpet. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I don't know. I, I can't afford Ubers either, so I don't know what those <laughs> sins are. No, that's good. I like that. Comments? She's specifically asking. There we go. Oh. <laughs> If I can read this. Um, I, I loved that I take Uber Pool because I'm poor and I like a sale. Yeah. <laughs> you said that very quickly, but I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's something about how wonderful it was for the Uber driver to be with Jesus and an angel. Yeah. Yeah. I like 
Everybody clap your hands together for Angel Weaver. You've been sticking around. You've been holding it together. There's one last comedian for you. Please stick around for him and give him comments. Clap your hands together for Dan Shively. Good for me. I was parking my car that whole fucking time, so I'm not a dick. I just had to find a spot. Uh, you were talking about the the being an Uber passenger. That sucks a lot. I'm an Uber driver, so <laughs> no. That's I don't know why that's funny. Uh, yeah, sometimes you don't get dropped off first, and that's you know that's annoying. I get the other side of the problem where sometimes people fuck in my car. You know, it's not cool. Stop fucking in my car. You have to take a lot of people to the fucking hospital if you're an Uber driver. Did you guys know that? You got to, because an ambulance is $1,000. Who the fuck's going to do that, right? Of course you take Uber. It's like, I'm not equipped to deliver your baby. <laughs> Stupid ass Uber jokes. I'm really tired of it. I'm tired of driving for Uber. So hopefully I can stop soon. I don't know, what else is going on? San Francisco, yeah, it took forever to park. It's raining out, so classic San Francisco. Uh, it's a cool backdrop, though, to, like, live your life, you know? I like living my life with San Francisco in the background. I got dumped recently, and that was, San Francisco was there for that, you know? And uh, we were together three years, you know? I loved her a lot. I loved her, and she uh, she broke up with me. And she was doing it, and she, we were down in the marina, right? And she was, uh, I, I'm not a marina guy. I need to make that clear, I suppose. I fucking, I'm not one of those guys. I live in the Richmond, so not a douche. Um, but yeah, she was breaking up with me, and I, I fucking, I started crying, right? People, you can cry now, right? Is that cool? She's nodding, like, no. But like, right when she did it, and I was getting misty in the eyes, like 20 guys rollerbladed by with their cocks out, and it was like, kind of ruined the moment. Yeah, that's all I had for you guys. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a self-sabotager. I self-sabotage a lot. I like to ruin my life because it's fucking fun. Because fuck everyone, right? I'm sure I'm not the only one that does that. Joe, come on, man. <laughs> fucking up your life. Watch all the pretty colors as you lose your job. I did that once a while ago. Uh, I had a job. I had a tech job. And uh, I had my shitty little apartment out in the Richmond. And I chose to give up the rent control and move into my 2010 Toyota Corolla. No clap for that, you fuckers. All right. Fuck the man. I don't know. I learned this while I was living in my car. I learned this is if you park your car on the street, at least once a night, a hobo looks inside your car. That is not a nice way to wake up. Eventually, fuck, is this getting laughs? Um, <laughs> sadness. His name's Frank. You start to be like, though, you can do some reconnaissance for yourself, you know? Like, you can take a look in the cars yourself before you go to sleep, and then you're like, Frank, fuck off. There's a laptop in the Acura three cars down. Uh -huh. Yeah, I kept a little knife right here next to me just because in case anyone tried to rape me or something. <laughs> I fell asleep to comedy podcasts every night, you know? 
fell asleep to comedy podcast, listened to Louis C.K. as Frank was like bearing down on me from outside my tinted windows. So that was good. The, the, the big advantage living in your car gives you when you have my pro- profession, which at the time was as a private investigator, is you just park in front of the house. You fall asleep, you know, and you wake up when they leave. It makes everything easy. Well, I noticed this. People in really nice neighborhoods, like I, I used to sleep in, you guys know Seacliff? You know Seacliff? I used to sleep in Seacliff a lot because nobody gives a fuck when you're that rich. They park like 50 yards in because that's how far their garage is in, you know? But you sleep in a middle class neighborhood? Those motherfuckers are like fucking touchy about sleeping in front of their house. They're like, what are you doing, man? I was like, all right, I'm, I'll leave. Just let me wait till this unfogs. He's like, it's a fucking sunny day. What's unfogging? I mean, my windshield, man. It's foggy. Defrosting it. It wasn't that sad, though. People always felt bad for me, you know? People always felt bad. I was living in my car. It's like, where you shower, man? At the gym, just like everyone else. You know, where you do your laundry? At the fucking laundromat. But the real question is, where did I jerk off? In the car also. Yeah, it's just... Oh, only mutiny. Hey, guys. I honestly can't remember anything else. I'm going to miss the snuggling from my relationship. I fucking, I'm a snuggler. I'm sure we all are. Most comedians are snugglers, right? Yeah. I just love it when they nuzzle right here. It's like, oh, I fucking love snuggling right there. A little bit lower. Keep going. Ah, uh, yes, snuggling. She's blowing me. That's my time. Yay, Dan Shively. Uh, did someone actually come to your car window in a middle-class neighborhood and be like, "And excuse me, knock, knock, what are you doing? Did that really actually happen? Yeah, he's way more aggressive than that, though. Wow. Um, I'd mentioned that part that, because you could sort of like just assumed that we were with you on that, but if you set the scene a little bit for us where, so I was sleeping in this middle-aged or middle-class neighborhood and this middle-aged guy comes up to the window and then and then do a little act out about like, you know, however that goes. How fucking indignant he is. That I'm- right, that you're sleeping in like, and, it, and his lawn is so big. You know, it's like Walnut Creek where their lawn is like bigger than a, than a block. Fucking and you're like thing. sitting there, you're like, I, I'm in the street and that's that's not okay for you. Like, yeah, yeah they're so entitled to the, all their space, you know. Uh, but I would just set the scene a little bit, but I thought that was very funny. Thanks, Pam. Other comments? Oh, no. Is the, is the thing about taking people to the hospital real? Dude, it happens all the time. Have you ever had to take someone who was like bleeding? Yes. Does Uber pay for that? What happens? The official word from Uber is you're not supposed to take them. <laughs> so if they're for bleeding, like, you have to yeah. say, wait yeah. out, no? Yeah. No, you're not, but nobody's going to leave someone on the yeah. street, right? So. All right. Well, you should make that into a joke because that would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving a bleeding person. Like, Bye. Yeah, yeah. Or getting as indignant as the guy who comes up to your car about them bleeding in your in the, on your Corolla seats, you know? Just like yeah, crying. Yeah, I'm not gonna let you bleed in my house. Yeah. <laughs> that, is that is funny. I'm stealing that. Well, stop. <laughs> um, I really like the snuggle joke because I feel like guys don't like to snuggle. So when you explain that it's really just you <laughs> trying to get a blowjob, that's really funny. Thanks. <laughs> other comments we're trying to burn time because joey avery just said he was on his way from the 
Um, so, if are there are there other are there other comments for Dan? No. How about this? How about this? Um, we'll we'll bring it through. Everybody clap for Dan! Yay! 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 And then yay! Uh, let's take this time really quickly since we're waiting for Joey Avery. Um, people go up and tell what maybe what shows you have upcoming this week or where you can be seen. What what's going on? Anybody who's got showcases this week or this month? Joe Gorman has a billion. Joe, what are you? Where are you being seen next? I'm sure that's like. You've got shit going on all the time. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's see. Wednesday, uh, that is coming up. Uh, I run uh, a weekly show at Uptown in Oakland. It's very exciting. That's a, a showcase. Uh, first Wednesday of the month, I do Dirty Show at Cozy Car Bar. Uh, that's the first Wednesday of every month. Every Thursday, I run a showcase at Urban Farm. It's a medical marijuana. Well, no longer. It's a recreational marijuana dispensary and that's uh, every Thursday at 8 p.m. Every Friday I'm a part of Best of San Francisco stand-up comedy that's at 8 o'clock at the historic Hobart building. Every Saturday I partake in uh, the sweet spot and that's at the Cozy Car Strip Club uh, right off Market Street. It's very exciting. Cra crazy horse. Yes, crazy horse. yes. Uh, women will take off their clothes and you can smoke weed. It's very exciting. And then every Sunday, I host an open mic at OMG. That's on 43 6th Street. Uh, and then Monday and Tuesday, I, I do whatever. I do whatever and whenever. And that's, that's what I got coming up. Yay, Joe Gorman, yay. He's very, very busy. Uh, Ian Levy, you got nothing? <laughs> okay. Max was just at the punchline. Uh, I'm going to be on um, uh, Kabir Singh's, like, uh, I forget what he calls it, like something bash, but um, it's at Cobb's on Sunday uh, at 7. Yeah. How many people have you brought? Uh, <laughs> dude, yeah, that's the, um, I'm figuring that out right now, uh, but the <laughs> the number the number is 15 plus, so I'm going to make it happen because I still have friends, uh, but... <laughs> It's it's run and dry for sure. Awesome. Uh, oh, I thought Dan was going to run up there. Uh, Mutiny Radio has four open mics a week. We've got Monday, you're here. We've got Thursday, True Hustle Thursday, every Thursday from 7 to 10. Friday, happy hour, 6 to 8, and Pamtastics showcase from 8 to 10. Saturdays, we have rentals. If anybody ever wants to do a show here from 8 to 10, it's only 100 bucks to rent the space. On Sundays from 4 to 6, we have Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz, and you guys can come practice your sketch ideas. So those are all our open mics. I also have two podcasts on Wednesdays. If anybody ever has Wednesdays off and they want to come in, uh, I do AltaCast from 12 to 2, and some call me Tim from 2 to 4. So if you ever want to come stop in, that would be great. Yay, we burned enough time. Put your hands together for Joey Avery. <laughs> Yes, thank you for burning that time. Fuck, I was walking over here. I had to get a lift. I just I spent ten dollars. Wow. This is gonna be a ten dollar set. <laughs> I should I should have donated that. I'll donate money, Pam. Thank you for keeping it going. Ah, uh, all right. Hope you guys are doing well. I uh, I've been thinking about I've been thinking about happiness recently. Have you heard that Have you heard that John Lennon quote that everybody loves, where he's like. You know, I remember being a student in school and the teachers were asking all the kids what they wanted to be when they grew up. And I was like, I just wanted to be happy. And everyone's like, oh my God, that's so insightful. It's like, no fucking shit, John Lennon. That's what everyone wants. What would make you happy? That's the fucking question. 
Everyone's trying to figure that out. He's like, yeah, fuck you, John Lennon. You're dumb. I think it is the things that you do that make you happy, right? If you, like, for example, I want to do things that demonstrate that I'm happy. Like, if someone goes up and asks my mom, how's Joey doing? I want her to be like, he's great. He has a great place in the city. He's got tons of friends. He's following his dream. That should demonstrate that I'm happy. If someone asks my mom how I'm doing and she's like, well, he's happy. <laughs> I'm not happy. I'm not selling horsehair candles at a fish concert. Nothing's going on if that's her answer. You have to do shit to be happy. Otherwise, if you're just happy, that's too much pressure. That's like, have you ever had a, like a bad day in a pretty location? It's hor- like if you're in Hawaii and you're not smiling ear to ear, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? It's too much pressure. It's too nice of a place. Um, to that effect, I am trying to do things like I, I haven't done this yet, but I am, I am deeply in consideration of uh, beginning to uh, rollerblade to work. <laughs> I think that would be... A whimsical commute. I think very few men get to commute to work with unbridled whimsy, and I would like to be one of them. I think that would be a cool little life upgrade for me. That's fun. I want to have a more fun way of getting to work. Like if that little fucking duck mobile that goes into the ocean took took my route, I would take that. I would do that. I I do have a, a creed that I've had since I was in uh, college, which is that. I do always keep rollerblades in the trunk of my car. That is a thing that I've always... It doesn't take up that much space. My thought process is the chances that I will ever need impromptu rollerblades are very slim. But if I ever need impromptu rollerblades and have them, (laughs) that is the greatest day of my life. That's the most beautiful thing that could ever happen. I don't even have a fucking spare tire, okay? But I have eight wheels ready to go all the time. I'm such a 90s baby. It's like Brink was my Citizen Kane. Like, that's... that's, I just grew up in that era. It was like fucking roller hockey and rocket power. And I stand by it. It is fun to have wheels strapped to your feet and not enough people do it. You can't be rollerblading without a smile on your face. It's better than Hawaii. That's it. <laughs> I, um, I do try to keep an optimistic approach about life. Like even like following politics right now is kind of depressing, but I try to have an optimistic spin. You know, like I still think it's a good time to be alive because if you look back in history, it becomes very clear that people from previous eras were all fucking stupid. You know, and I, that makes me feel better about living. Like, even if you look at how much we've progressed in, like, warfare, for example, like, right now we have fucking tactical camo, okay, and we have shit that can fly at night and everything's hidden and we have drones and all this shit. Like, when America was founded, okay, we defeated an army that wore red coats. <laughs> they employed a trumpet player to let you know they were coming. Like, that was warfare. America used, like, minor guerrilla warfare tactics, and that helped us win. Like, we were able to have Paul Revere ride around the town on a fucking horse, being like, yeah, so the uh, Redcoats are coming. People like, yeah, we know. Uh, We wake us up when the woodwinds portion of the performance comes in. We used to be fucking dumb. 
even shit that does threaten us now, I think I, I have a good optimistic view of like people are like, oh, climate change could wipe all of us out. I'm like, well, maybe we've had a pretty good run. <laughs> this might be our stop. Like we're a pretty fucking heavy metal species. We might die young. You know, that's part of it. We do rock star. People are like, oh, dinosaurs live longer. I'm not impressed fucking grass-eating idiots. I'm just, I'm not. Come at me with your little arms, bitch. Like, I really, I think they never learned how to mass-produce a Toyota Corolla, okay? I'm not impressed by dinosaurs. They're not as fucking hard rock as us. We might die young. That's okay. Um, did I have anything else? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yep, I think that's all my new stuff. Thank you very much for keeping it going. Love the stage, Pam. Thanks. Yeah, it's got the new double stage. Um, I would, with your rollerblade thing, say something you look like, because you do those Joey similes so well, and you uh-huh. can do one for that. Like, I look like a a cop with a, you know, like span. I, cop I, eating a fun dip? It, well, yeah. Something, I just, I imagined you wearing spandex and like, like with your arm, like doing oh, that yeah. thing with the arm uh-huh. that like sways, like one <laughs> arm's back and the other arms. Yeah. But like in a very, trying not to look douchey. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know what? If you ran out of gas, you would certainly need to have rollerblades and it's the same thing you could be swinging that gas can is like a <laughs> like a pendulum thing with your spandex I just I was sitting there, the whole time you were talking all I was doing was imagining you in spandex like Hell speed yeah. skating down the street I just thought that was a very funny image that is the comedic voice that I go for <laughs> yeah, could I be very, wearing spandex very silly I liked it a lot other other comments any other comments I mean he's a genius so it's hard to have comments for him but anybody Cool. Look, he spent $10 to get here. Yay, Joey Avery. And aren't you lucky you have won a last comedian because Joey Avery uh, texted and had us keep it going. We have one last comedian for you guys. Clap your hands wildly for Jeremy Atkins. All right. uh, I'm glad I stopped by. I was just going to drive on to make a delivery and now I'm here. So I guess I'll do some uh, really new stuff. I played around with this yesterday. Recently, a friend of mine was explaining to me that, you know, jujitsu and wrestling is strangely homophobic and I agreed with them that it's strangely and it's homophobic because it's two men wrestling with each other but if you said you're gay to them, they go, holy shit, what the fuck's wrong with you? And then you have to explain to them that actually historically wrestling was foreplay. And then they never wrestle with you again. But my friend was saying, well, how do you know you're comfortable? And I was like, I'm comfortable with my sexuality. I already gave uh, the cock a try. It was third grade. Me and my friend were playing uh, as boys will. And we decided we should try each other's penises. And when he put his penis in my mouth, I realized much like Brussels sprouts, that was never going to happen again. It was an awful, awful idea. But when I put my penis in his mouth, I realized, holy shit, this is a great fucking idea. Unfortunately, he didn't think it was a good idea, and so that didn't happen for a really long time. But when it happened again, wow. I was like, oh, I do remember this. I'm going to try to have this happen more often. Uh, I recently found out, recently found out the woman I'm dating is now the second woman that I have dated that her previous relationship 
was ended because the guy was gay. And I went, huh, I wonder what that says about me. Because two times is unusual, I think. And so I decided what it says is that the women went, you know what, that guy is not coming out. And if he is, it's just a definite sign it's me. The first time, the first time was a little less obvious what was going on because the woman came up to me one night. She's like, hey, if you were gay, you'd tell me, right? Sure, except I don't think I would actually be telling you because, well, I'd be with a guy. You have the wrong set of genitalia. And then every once in a while, she would just say that. She would just look at me over and go, hey, uh, if you were gay, you would tell me, right? Once again, sure. And I just let it go because I wasn't really worried about it. But eventually I started to think, what the fuck am I doing? What is the, what am I missing? And then one day she says, you know, I would really appreciate it if you were going to leave me for another guy that you would let me know ahead of time. And I went, all right, fuck this. What the fuck is going on? And so I asked her some questions. Turns out the last guy she was with for a year, he left her for another guy. I was like, wow, so you didn't see it coming at all? And I asked more questions. Turns out, in a year, he barely kissed her, and he never spent the night. I was like, um, what the fuck did you think was happening after like month two? Oh, I didn't think he was that kind of boy. I'm really sure there's not that type of boy. Like, if he was gay, he would have been fucking a dude. Like, he, like there would have been fucking. And uh, also... You're, uh, you didn't catch that the guy who didn't fuck you for a year was gay, but the guy who fucked you 30 minutes after meeting you might be. I'm not sure you actually know what gay is. I'm not sure you have a definition of that. Uh, the second, second woman, it was just, she just said it, so it was less spectacular. However, she did provide me with a great piece of dating advice. Doesn't matter, men, women. Find a single parent who takes care of the kid, and the other person is a total piece of shit. It makes it much easier. Uh, recently, my, my girlfriend's ex had to sign her up for the first time for school and didn't know whether or not to check the special ed box or not, which is fine if the kid's in kindergarten, made worse by the fact that he's a teacher and she's in high school. All I have to do is do the dishes. And I'm good. Like, if I don't eat all of the food, I'm good. All right. I think that's it for me on new material. Thank you very much. Jeremy Atkins. Strangely homo, no homo. I was having trouble deciding if it was homophobic or not homophobic. I couldn't tell. I was like, homo, no homo. But I guess talking about it's all good. Um, other uh, comments? Comments, comments. Are there any comments? No comments? No comments? All, oh, there we go. One Angel's comment. got a comment. I think it's really funny that that happened with two women. I feel like there was, I don't remember what the line was, but it was something about like the first time maybe it was them, but the second time it was you. I think there's a punchline in there that's okay. something, but that's just a really funny concept to me. No, totally. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, that's the end. Hey, everybody, clap wildly. Thanks for coming to Joke Workshop. Uh, make sure that you hit that donate button on the side of Mutiny Radio on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm. And uh, there's lighters up there. They're only a dollar. Buy a lighter. And uh, donate to Mutiny Radio if you value this open mic and you want it to stay alive for more than, uh, you know, past August. Okay, bye. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. 
And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak sailing. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen specials. Shot of Bullet Bourbon and a can of California Lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. 
yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com Want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look, but that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, seven to nine with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, six to eight. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. 
after work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. They drink, drink around the corner, somewhere else, not here. But uh, come to Happy Hour every Friday from six to eight with Trina Roderick. Yeah, do that. Hey people, this is the Flat Black Plastic Show, coming to you directly live from the corner of 21st and Florida. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Red Fox. Well, most of you know that I'm a war veteran. You can see I was shot in the face. See, a sniper threw a hand grenade and exploded and tore my other face away. And a team of doctors grafted skin, grafted more skin, made me a new face. I don't know where they got the meat from, but every time I get tired, my jaws want to sit down. I can talk about World War II because I don't know too much about Vietnam, but I know World War II. I'm a veteran. I backed up so far in one battle, I bumped into a general. He said, why are you running? I said, I'm running because I cannot fly. <laughs> People ask you a whole lot of dumb stuff under pressure. <laughs> I was overseas for one battle I'll never forget. Three days we fought that night. Hand-to-hand -hand combat, karate, judo, rifle butts, tanks, flamethrowers, bazooka guns, 200 to one. <laughs> Toughest Japanese soldier we ever ran into. <laughs> But nothing yell about him. He was just mean. I was a paratrooper for a long while. A lot of people know of my exploits in the paratroops. One time, the sergeant is getting instructions to all the soldiers how to get, use the parachutes. He look, you guys, you jump out of the plane, you count to 10, pull the ripcord, the chute will open and float you down with the equipment. But one little paratrooper didn't hear the sergeant too well, and besides, he stuttered a little bit when he talked, and he walked over to the sergeant and said, Sergeant, 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 how high did you say we were supposed to suppose? Did you say we were supposed to count to? 
Sergeant looked at him and said, you better count to one. <laughs>
Thank <laughs> you.